1: hey everyone this is roman prokopchuk and this is the digital savage experience podcast today i have with me miha Matljevski. he's a slovenian high school dropout that put in 12 years of hard work to start successful businesses to attain a personal net worth of 15 million dollars. in 2009 his world came crashing down when he got a call from his bank informing him that they foreclose on his real estate investments, leaving him responsible for $5 million of collective debt. He was down with even thoughts of suicide coming to mind. He embraced his failure and began to take charge of his life again. He created a startup that generated eight figures in less than a year, and since his resurrection he began to be known as the Fail Coach where he helps entrepreneurs around the world embrace and have a healthy relationship with failure with the goal of reaching a higher level of success. Thank you for joining me today.
0: Well, thank you, Roman, for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be a guest on your podcast.
1: Awesome. Not a problem. So tell me a little bit about your journey. Obviously, the intro gave some of that, but a shortened version where you got started and some of the things that got you to now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll try to be quick uh, and then I'll let you tell me where you want me to dive a little bit deeper. Um, so as you mentioned, I, uh, I dropped out of high school uh, because of the Italian language um, and I first started working for my father's company and uh, unfortunately he died quite soon afterwards. He had pancreatic cancer and so I had to take over the company and I had no clue what I'm doing uh, because before I was more or less sun by occupation, doing some sales, doing some networking. I really always enjoyed, uh, you know, the connecting with people. That was something I was truly passionate about. But anything else about running the company, I had no clue how to do it. And soon problems started to occur. But fortunately, at that time, it was you know the time in Europe when everything was going up. So i found uh, some people who were ready to invest in my company uh, get me out of first troubles uh, and i was able to just dedicate myself to what i'm good at they took over the running of the company and things went really smooth and and uh, unfortunately i didn't learn any lessons from that because i found a solution um, and i didn't experience enough pain yet so um, after a year or so the company was doing hundred or even more than a hundred percent more in yearly revenue than before and then it was just growing 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 from there on and soon I started feeling a little bit cocky even more and I had always plenty of ideas I was always good at observing the surroundings and figuring out you know the problems and and solutions to the problems and so I started creating more companies on my own and uh under the impression that, oh, now I'm so good and I can do this by myself. Unfortunately, uh, like I said, I didn't learn the lessons. And at that time in Europe, things were you know easy. Like you were literally walking down the street and the banks would throw money at you, even just for an idea. And uh, one of my companies was in real estate. I've I, never built even a house for a dog. Uh, But I undertook this huge project, which was uh, roughly, I would say, 50 to 60 million U.S. when it would be finished and built. And I bought the land in 2007. And then, you know, the paperwork, this and that. I made so many mistakes along the road. And then uh, the financial crisis came in 2008 to U.S. and then in 2009 to Europe and slowly also to Slovenia. And at one point... um, my project was not viable anymore because the prices of real estate dropped so much that it would actually cost me more per square meter to build it than to sell it. And uh, I remember it was Monday, December 7th, I think, yeah, December 7th, Monday morning when I got the call from the bank and they told me, we're out of this project, we will stop financing it and we will take our money back. And uh, because I really went into this project with all my heart, I put everything that I had, all my other companies, my personal properties, everything, as a collateral. And bam, next day, Tuesday, they they just started cashing in all the collaterals. What happened was that they took money away from my other companies. I wasn't able to pay the bills, I wasn't able to pay suppliers, taxes, employees, nothing, because everything happened so overnight. So the bank got most of the money actually back, but I was left with owing what felt like money to half of the country. I mean, in truth, Slovenia is not that big of a country, 2 million people. And um, it really felt like I owe money to half of the country. Um, And I ended up $5 million in personal debt. Uh, personally owing that money to ex-employees, taxes, this, that uh, and so on and in Slovenia at that time it was a rule um, a law that if you owe money for taxes in your business and if you owe money for uh, employees you can't start personal i mean you can start personal bankruptcy but it wouldn't do anything because you know the whole point of personal bankruptcy is to get rid of the debt and 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 you can't get rid of the debt if those clauses uh, are valid for you so um i went into huge depression huge anxiety uh my mind was like um a nuclear reactor constantly going back and forth um Uh, Suddenly, there was this whole darkness within me. I didn't feel like I failed once. It was like, I am a failure. This is it. The life has stopped. Like, from here on, there is no good for me anymore. Um, There was no, you know, no tunnel, no light, no nothing. And slowly, that idea of suicide started creeping in because all I wanted was to silence my head uh, uh, because it was constantly running and all I wanted was a little bit of peace and quiet, you mean, I mean you know every morning I would wake up to gazillion calls from people I owed money to um, and those were not nice calls it wasn't you know like oh we're gonna sue you uh, it, it was more like you know a call from a mafia boss uh, telling me what they will do to me to my mom and so on because at that time I only had my mom left I got divorced uh, I lost most of my friends so-called friends because I was part of all this, you know, rotary clubs and cigar clubs and this and that. And I was thinking, oh, wow, these are my friends. But the moment things got the way they got, those were the first people to never answer my phone call again. So I I didn't just lose the money. I didn't just lose the companies and my personal network. I literally ended up being alone on the whole world and um, that whole pressure and and everything that was going inside of me, I mean, I remember just lying on the couch, you know, in that fetus position Um, and and I wasn't able to move, I wasn't able to do anything and all I wanted was to go out because I thought, okay, if I go out maybe you know, the nuclear reaction will stop but then I sometimes would go out for, for a coffee or something and all I wanted was to go back inside, to, to not be surrounded by people, to not be outside. So it was this strange, whatever I did, nothing felt right. And, and I was just trying to run away from whatever was in, in my way. And so, yeah, suddenly I was thinking more and more about suicide. And then in 2010, one night, it was around 11 p.m., um, I just started climbing on the other side of the balcony Uh, that apartment was still not taken away from me it will be uh, a few months later but i just started to climb outside and uh, once i was there i remember looking down i was holding myself with one hand and uh to the balcony and i was like leaning you know like half leaning over it and looking down and, and what went through my head was Um, you know am I high enough you know like will will this fall really end it uh, or or is this gonna be another failure and I'm gonna end up on a wheelchair I mean that was going through my head at that time and then suddenly I said to myself really super out loud so who knows who from neighborhood heard it I I said you know like you um, you I don't know if you can if I can say the f-word so you know you f-word fail And it was hearing myself say that, the word you, like this movie started in my head, you know, like going backwards, like I made that decision. I chose that business partner. I opted not to go to the lawyer for this contract. I employed that person. I, 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 suddenly for the first time in my life, I took only my wrong decisions of everything that I did wrong. But the funny thing was that it didn't uh, got me down, it actually empowered me. Because my next thought was, if I did all those stupid mistakes and I still got to the point where I was, imagine what I can do if I actually take those lessons, learn, change habits, do everything differently, how much even bigger thing I can do. And, and suddenly there was this, you know, ray of light on the other side of a long tunnel. I, I knew that I'm not going to solve things overnight, but I, I saw the light. And I climbed back in uh, and I sat down and I stayed up all night and I, I started just writing a huge to-do list of everything I need to change, learn, do differently. And the first thing I did in the morning, I started calling people, that would usually call me in the morning. And I was like, you know what? If you, you know, doing all those terrible things to me will solve the problem and and you'll be happy with this, then let's get it over with. Like, just take your gun, whatever, this is where I am, let's finish it. Because I can't keep going with all that every morning. If you want me to repay my debt, if you want to get your money back, I don't owe you guys three or five thousand us dollars and i can just get a job and repay everything in two three months i owe five freaking million dollars i need to create something huge to repay all of that debt so you calling me every morning just puts me in a huge depression i can't do anything leave me alone let's make a deal i'll call you once a month to update you but for, for the rest of the month, I need my peace and quiet, I need to work on things, and I need to create something big. And uh, amazingly, they all agreed to that. Um, and uh, then the whole journey started, started, the journey of working on my personal development first, then on my business development. And then in 2014, I started a new startup, energy efficiency startup. We were, we were helping big corporations um, save on how much electricity and gas they use. And I was able to lay down all the right foundation. I was able to get a huge investment um, to start that company. I was able to scale it to multiple eight figures in monthly revenue uh, in less than a year. Um, and, And to nine figures next year, I was able to exit the company um, through a technology takeover by a fortune 100 company I, I can't go too much into details because of the NDAs uh, but um, you know I was able to exit straight away I was because I did all the foundation the way it should be done I was seen as the least important person in the company and I really was and I was able to repay my debt and I went on a long vacation I think it was like two and a half months Uh, and I came back and I was like okay now what do I do I have the freedom of time I have the freedom of money I have the freedom of choice to do whatever I want to do now what do I want to do do I want to I don't know go to every burger joint and try every burger in this world and every craft beer or whatever And I realized like all my adult life, I was an entrepreneur. It's in my DNA. I'm not just entrepreneur by occupation. It's who I am. And I love hanging out with entrepreneurs. I love talking with them, masterminding, brainstorming, all of that. And I just went to the first startup incubator and volunteered to be a mentor. And, you know, slowly because of all the failures, all the successes and how I was able to turn my life around and and the whole thing, you know, in a small country like that, people knew, people talked and and suddenly a lot of companies started calling me. I got invitations to speak at different conferences about the whole story and more and more companies started calling me. then a few months later I was thinking okay maybe it's time for me to start something new and I wasn't sure what to start and then a friend of mine said well I mean you love helping people so much why wouldn't you do that and I was like "Hmm, why wouldn't I and that's how um, fail coach started and yeah I mean the name fail coach Again, this same friend, I was like, oh, how do I name this? You know, like this development coach or something like that. And he was like, dude, you always talk, talk about your failures and every story that you tell us, every lesson that you give us, is always starts with some failure of yours from the past and what you learned from it and so on. And said, so why wouldn't you be the fail coach? And I loved it. I, saw, I went online, saw the domain is free and all of that. And I was like, okay. Let's do this. And yeah, so far in the last few years, I've worked with three and a half, over three and a half thousand people in different ways, Uh, startups, new people new to entrepreneurship, seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs. And uh, if you ask me what it is that I do, I help people um, with mostly with um, establishing healthy emotional relationship with failure. Um, because it's so important, because in reality, when you're an entrepreneur, you will have much more failures on, on, the, on the journey than successes. So it's so important that you know how to deal with failures. Of course, I help them also with you know other hard skills and so on. But, but that's really where my true passion is, is in helping people overcome that negative emotions, negative self-talk that starts when you're dealing with failure.
1: Oh, that's great i think obviously that's there's a lot there in that story i think one thing is important is the circle you surround yourself with and the people that you you know think are your friends aren't necessarily your friends it's like the prodigal son example in the bible when you know he had all the money everybody was around but when he had nothing nobody would help him so i think that's important a strong circle like you said you didn't have that much close family with you but you did have your mom and I think uh, also, obviously, it was a significant amount of of debt. Personally, having to repay five million, and uh, I know people personally. My brother's friend actually uh, failed out of law school, had about six-figure debt, and didn't know what to do, and uh, basically committed suicide. So that that the money portion leading to suicide is very high, and I think it's important. To kind of take a step back maybe talk to somebody close or really reevaluate what you have in your life and things you should be thankful for because with money I mean like you said also you got a little cocky and ahead of yourself also when you're younger that you can do anything and you know make the money but the money can go like you know you, you you said like this like and then you have to figure out what to do
0: yeah well Roman the thing is you know I
1: was 20 something i had more than all my
0: you know high school friends together uh amazing cars traveling restaurants this that invitations to this gala that gala you know all the unlimited spending credit cards and things like that i mean and i was 20 something of course i mean i was on a cloud number nine i mean i was flying high i was you know i never did drugs that's that's strange because i was always very you know Uh, uh, I easily influenced by the society just to be you know in there surrounded liked and so on and and, I mean now looking back I see how empty my life was I mean even the marriage you know we got married I don't know because everybody else was getting married and it was just you know oh I'm with her let's get married Uh, I mean that's the sad reality Um, and uh, you know while we were married in the beginning with all that money we were constantly busy with planning our next trip our next restaurant what we'll buy what will you know and, and when the money went out you know when you actually need to start talking about deep things and stuff like that we realized how like we completely different we are that there's nothing besides you know planning the lovely the, the, that things with the money that there's nothing that connects us. Um, and, you know, the same with friends. I mean, um, I was just naive. I, I didn't understand that world of, you know, uh, A-listers or things like that. I was, you know, coming from this naive thinking that, oh, we are such good friends because we hang out every, you know, Tuesday and so on. I didn't see things for what they really were it wasn't that they did something bad or that they changed I just wasn't seeing things clearly because you know I was just under so many influences from all around uh, the society and media and so on and you know I was just a kid
1: no I agree and I think the whole failure part I think it's like you said everybody fails um, but as long as you learn from the failure and I think every every great idea or great company or you know historic thing came out of several if not you know tens or hundreds of failures to get to that one right successful thing so like you said you'll have more failures as an entrepreneur but those failures are building blocks to get you to that one or two successes that trumps that all and you know you learn each time you fail from it to get to that end result
0: yeah absolutely i mean the way i look at it is like this so you start your own business and you know you don't start a business because you already believe it will fail then you don't even start because of the fear of failure but you know you start it with these big dreams and the more entrepreneurial you are you are crazier bigger your dreams and your goals and the impact that that will make on other lives and your life and your family and so on so you have these crazy high emotions positive emotions connected with that possible outcome and then when you don't reach it what happens is of course the opposite you go like as high as those positive emotions could be you go uh, uh, that same just in the opposite direction And that's that's the problem with the emotions in in this case. And that's why I'm always saying you have to establish healthy emotional relationship with failure because failure is all about negative emotions that are going through you and the negative self-talk that you then start with yourself. And you know, like kind of unifying yourself with that failure to be a failure. Like, that's it. I'm a failure, period. It's not I failed once. I am a failure. That's my life reality right now. And the thing is, often, most often, we try to hide it, we try to keep it inside, we don't talk about it with, you know, uh, our loved ones, we don't talk about it uh, with our friends, with anybody, you know, like we are, we, we don't go to a therapist, we don't go to anybody, we, and it, it, it starts creating that negative energy, like for me, it felt almost like, you know, when you're constipated, you know, around the stomach, and it was this pain somewhere there only when you're constipated you can you know relieve that pain but this was never this wasn't going anywhere and it was only when i i you know literally came to the end to the rock bottom and 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 screamed that out loud was you know when i first said it out loud and just doing that lifted this heavy weight from from my heart from my shoulder And I felt so much lighter. And then when I started talking about it, sharing the story, the more I did that, the lighter I was. And and that's where the healing starts, is when you open up. And why I even do what I do and why I share this story. It's not that I love the story. I mean, it was what it was. I learned a lot of good lessons. I do understand why I needed that, because, you know, that Miha, wasn't really living the tr- the real values or, you know, like the real life. It was like this artificial life influenced by the outside world. Um, and so because of that, I'm now much more in touch with who I truly am, what I am and so on. So it's, it's, it's because when I tell the story every time, every podcast I go to, every conference where I speak about it, there is always at least one person. That reaches out tells me their story and often it's for the first time in their life or uh, quite a few times I had relatives of you know entrepreneurs who did kill themselves um, and and reach out to me and tell me you know what Micha now that I've heard what went through you why you started even considering suicide and what was happening with you um, now I finally got the closure in understanding why our father or our brother or sister did what they did. And and it's because of that, because the healing starts when you start talking about it. But I've learned that people will not just start if I don't go first. And I have to tell it the way it was. If I try to fake it, if I try to, you know, leave the bad part out, there won't be any connection
1: yep i mean it'd be taking out like the authenticity i think that kind of negativity people i had a psychologist a doctor of psychology on and uh, people tend to kind of dwell or go into a negative thought pattern naturally so breaking those negative thoughts and replacing them with positive habits that lead to also positive you know thoughts things that encourage it you know like meditation Um, you know, reading for, you know, empowering your mind and getting more knowledge, exercise, eating right to kind of combat that in a way as an entrepreneur as well. well. Because those negative thoughts are going to come regardless, because, you know, you're an entrepreneur, that means it's it's you, you know, tackling the world. So that's a lonely place to be regardless. Yeah,
0: that's why, you know, like, when I'm Working with entrepreneurs, one of the first thing is I guide them so that they can create like this supportive environment for themselves. Um, Anything from, you know, like what's your alarm clock in the morning? Like mine used to be um, from John Bon Jovi. It's my life and it's now or never, you know, but that one inspired me to, you know, my morning routine includes uh, watching a few TED Talks Um, and, uh, you know, I have books all around my house i don't read them often anymore too so much often but i've read all of them and and just seeing the cover you know i can remember what the book is about and and you know just things like that and then printing out some of your dreams and things like that and putting that uh on the wall like just surrounding yourself with with that environment supportive environment creating that supportive environment and then soft skills you know so many entrepreneurs are like, oh, I don't need that, you know, uh, um, zen stuff. Like, just tell me how to scale, how to grow, how to manage cash flow. But in reality, you need mindfulness. Why? So you can step away from, you know, reacting on autopilot. You need to learn the breathing technique so that you you can, uh, you know, cool yourself down in the the heated moment where you want to negative, uh, to make a negative reaction, emotional reaction. Emotional uh, intelligence to know how to, how to balance, you know, the logic and the emotions and when to use what. Um, it, it's all those skills that are really, really so crucial um, uh, in overcoming uh, failure and, and reacting in, in, in good and the right way.
1: Yeah, I think that emotional IQ is built over time, too, because I think uh, the way you react now would be a lot different then you reacted to the same thing in your twenties. So that's something that comes with experience, but you can obviously speed it up with certain, you know, tactics and things of that nature.
0: Yeah. I mean the thing is, you know, with hard skills, they are easy to learn. And you know, you, you learn and you apply. With soft skills, it, you can't really just learn and apply in, in, a, in a single day. You need to practice them and practice them often. And and that's how, you know, they get under your skin and you create new habits and new patterns. Like, for example, you know, any time when anything uh, that could probably throw me out of balance happens to me nowadays, I immediately go to breathe in breathe out, you know, and I just do a quick breathing exercise. And, and, and that happens on autopilot, you know. So, uh, but it took me quite some time to, to reach that point. And I mean, for me, I used the most stupid possible way to learn those things. I just created gazillion reminders in my phone to go off every 30 minutes, be mindful, be mindful, be mindful, and every time I would just, you know, okay, um, I haven't been really mindful for the past half an hour. I'll try to do hour And, you know, reset every 30 minutes, quick reset. And slowly, you know, I would be mindful five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And, you know, a few weeks or months later, I was mindful for majority of the day, really present being in the driver's seat uh, of my life.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that repetition gets you to that point. So uh, what motivates you to succeed currently in your life?
0: We need to figure out like what's the definition of success or or which definition do you have in
1: mind? I mean, it's an individual basis. So one thing, obviously it may be more, more than one thing, but just one thing that kind of motivates you today. Obviously, motivations change over time as well. But, you know, right now, this month, what kind of motivates you to get up, do that extra thing, and you know, continue to stay motivated and focused.
0: I believe that we can't really find our purpose, but that our purpose finds us when we are ready for that. And some people find it's very young age, and some people later on, it took me quite some years to really figure out what's my purpose, and I don't know why, but there's this belief in me that my purpose is to be the person that will um, help um, break the taboo called failure, um, and that's the driving force be- behind everything that I do. Um, and I can't even explain it. I-, I really can't. It's just something that's constantly in me. And even if I try to fight it, even if I try to break free from it, even you know, sometimes you're waiting in line to step on the stage and. You look at the crowd, and it's thousands of people, and you're like, why on earth do I put myself through this? You know, why do I have to go up there and tremble, and sweat, and and you know, like, uh, I'm shaking, and, and all of this, why do I need this? But then, you know, I I, I just can't fight it. It's it's bigger than me. And uh, that that's my daily motivation, uh, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I think it's uh, that kind of legacy, because, personally like as well i do a lot of kind of pro bono work Uh, i'm a foster parent as well so in in my 20s i think i would have said you know money motivates me or something material but like when you get to a certain point in life and you've reached a certain level of success you want to give back and kind of uh, leave a legacy behind you i i
0: guess so yeah i mean i constantly do uh free stuff here in the local community just to help people break free from know the mentality and and to help them make some live that uh life that they dream uh with the freedom of choice which for me is the ultimate freedom and uh then i i do um a lot of humanitarian work when it comes to animals especially here in eastern europe you have a lot of stray animals on the streets and like you know like Often I'm asked, you know, like, oh, Micha, why don't you have, you know, like any pictures of, you know, boats and and this and that. Uh, I say, well, if I put pictures on my Facebook of, you know, what freedom means to me, you would all think that I went crazy. Because, you know, uh, what what freedom is for me is uh, running around the streets and, and chasing dogs and then... Uh, fostering them and finding them new families and things like that so I, I don't know Th- those are the things that really I, I guess I was lucky enough that I had a lot of material stuff and after that failure um, I really saw uh, it for what it was and, and how empty my life was on the inside uh, and uh, now material stuff really i couldn't care less about any material i mean don't get me wrong i'm not against earning money because the more i earn the more good i can do but when it comes to myself and you know what what do i need i need a roof on on, over over my head i need something to eat something to drink even not too much because i still need to lose a few kilos Uh, And, you know, that's that's more or less it. And all the rest can go for the betterment of, you know, the world or at least my uh, surrounding.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's important to um, as you're growing or whatever you can do for, you know, globally or like you said, for your immediate community is important because it just makes the whole place a better place and it's more enjoyable for you and people obviously you're giving a lot of experience to drive people to succeed and reach their goals as well. So that's only kind of a, a win-win. You're getting that satisfaction and they're getting that value as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, 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 think it's very egotistical. I mean, yeah, people think that I do all these things to help, but you know, the, like on the other hand, there, there is no feeling like that warm fuzzy feeling in your heart when, you know, um, You get an email or you you get a phone call and the person tells you like, oh, you really helped me go over this or you helped me create this. Or, you know, now I employ so many people that I wouldn't be able to without your guidance and your help. And I mean, you know, yes, that's what I get from it. And and it's so, so, so it's like heroin. It's addictive. Um, The more you do it, the more you want to
1: do it. No, I agree. I think that kind of giving back aspect, whatever you, you do, you just want to do more of it. And I mean, that's kind of ingrained at this point as part of your, you know, core and personality. Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
0: if, if I look back, I had so much of the material stuff, but my life was empty. Uh, you know, the friendships were empty. My marriage was empty. Like my whole life was very empty and now um, I don't have much in, in the material sense. Um, I have, you know, that, uh, that uh, when I go to bed, I know that, you know, I repaid those debts and, and so on. But, uh, you know, the, the fulfillment in, in your heart, inside, you feel like you are the richest person in the world.
1: Yep, I agree. So uh, what's one weakness that you may have seen in yourself in the past that you turned around and utilize as a strength today?
0: Oh, wow. I mean, uh, if you remember, I said that after I walked back in from the balcony, I made a whole list of uh, there were just so many weaknesses. But uh, I don't know, maybe maybe one could definitely be that uh, I started uh doing relationships in a much better way so uh before um i treated relationships that should be on a long run almost like one night stands. you just jump into bed and that's it um and and now you know i really make sure that i go on a few dates and i'm not talking you know about just uh, relationships private relationships but also you know with potential business partners with uh, joint ventures with your employees with um, your clients uh, your suppliers and so on so you know whenever a relationship is meant to be on on a longer on a longer run uh, if it's not oh I need you know one picture edited and that's it uh, but you know you know that you'll be working with somebody for a longer time uh, I make sure to really develop that relationship and to um, nurture it to, to have a few dates to uh, to see if, you know, people are walking the talk because I stopped listening to people. And um, one thing that is also very close to my heart is uh, the saying that says, respect everyone, wait for no one. Your life, your dreams, your goals, it's your responsibility.
1: Yeah, I agree. You can't really... There's a lot of people that blame other people for their situations. And yes, there are some for people, unfortunate... people, everybody else. Yeah, and there are some unfortunate situations, some, some cards people are dealt aren't the best cards, but, you know, if you take that kind of positive mindset and focus how you can overcome that and kind of use that pain and harness it, you're going to go a lot further than, you know, dwelling on it, you know, like, poor me, everyone's against me, and that kind of negative mentality.
0: I mean, that doesn't help in any way, because, you know, um, when you, even even if it's true that it's somebody else's fault or the government's fault or, you know, like whatever, Hurricane's fault, which you have obviously no influence over, uh, but if, if you go in that way in, in your thinking, what happens is, is you put yourself in a passive position. The, the, the signal that you give to your brain is, well, you know, just stand and wait until something that's outside of us changes and then we can start moving. But if you take that charge, if you take that responsibility, even for things that uh, maybe aren't really your fault, but if you take that, you know, uh, grab uh, the bull by the horn, um, you give your brain the signal and, and, uh, you know, like, oh. Let's figure out what we can do. How can we overcome? What, what's our possible next step or this or that? Anything, but what can we do?
1: Yep, it's like kind of giving yourself permission to uh, succeed. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience?
0: Usually I always say this at the end of the interview is, um, stay humble because it's so easy to get cocky and, and to get overconfident. Uh, be grateful, and when I say be grateful, I don't just mean, you know, like, oh, you wake up and you say, oh, thankfully I'm alive, but more in a sense where, you know, you'll always lack certain resources, even, you know, China, even Apple are not unlimited, um, they still lack certain resources, and, and uh, you know, just work with what you have, do something with what you have and not just constantly focus on what you don't yet have because then you just stand still and, and you can't do anything. And then the, the third one, aligned with the whole fail coach concept is, you know learn to fail fast and fail forward. And you do that by you know establishing healthy emotional relationship with faith.
1: No, I agree that obviously the faster you fail and then you don't dwell on it in a negative aspect, take, take those learnings and carry them over you're going to get to your goal faster and the whole China um, example. I think people focus on, you know, what they're weak at and schools tell people improve at these weaknesses. But like you said, it's important to figure out what you're really good at um, and you enjoy doing and then double down on that and don't focus on your weaknesses because some of your weaknesses, even in terms of business, you can outsource and then focus on your strength. Absolutely. Yes. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you or anything else you may have going on? Um, Yeah, sure. I mean,
0: where I do most of my content, if they want to see what I put out is on LinkedIn and on Facebook, they can just find me there. Uh, But if they want to get to know me a little bit and maybe they have certain struggles that they would love to talk about with me, um, then um, I just love talking with entrepreneurs. I already mentioned that a few times. Um, I open my Zoom client a few times uh, a month and I just invite people to jump in and we brainstorm, we mastermind, we chat, we get to know each other um, and and so on. So if they want to do that, um, there is a very simple link, frameworkforfreedom.me. And it takes them really into my chat bot, straight to that uh, sequence where they get then notifications when I open, when I will open my next Zoom Zoom call. And then they can jump in and ask me whatever they want. And we focus on their specific problems, their specific uh, struggles that they're having.
1: Awesome, I really appreciate your time and the uh, conversation.
0: Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. And I do hope that it will be valuable to your audience.
1: I I think it will. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.